0: Hi, this is Patricia Grubarek. And I'm
1: Katina Sawyer, and welcome to the Worker Being Podcast. How are you doing today, Patricia? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm excited to talk about um, the article that I have for you today. Yes. What sneak peek topic is it? Yes. So the sneak peek of the article is is that it's an article about intrinsic and extrinsic motivating tasks, which we've talked about before. So tasks that you like doing because you just find them enjoyable and tasks that you basically only do because you're getting some kind of reward for them, like a monetary reward or something like that. And we're talking about what time of day you should do intrinsic and extrinsic tasks to make sure that your well-being is the best that it can be. That sounds
0: very... um tangible like something you can actually implement pretty easily yeah after we discuss it I hope I hope at least it, it sounds like it should be it is yeah that's
1: why I liked it I read it and I was like "Ooh!" I flagged it and said this one's going on the pod this one's going on the old podcast
0: <laughs> perfect perfect well I'm excited to hear more but I'm also excited to hear about your birthday plan so we're recording this the day before Katina's birthday
1: yay Happy birthday! Yay. thank you yeah so I don't have any good plans for tomorrow. I'm basically um Tuesdays are my long day of teaching, so I teach for 6 hours on Tuesday. So, I will be teaching for 6 hours and I go into the um <laughs> office. My class is done at like 9:30 at night. So, mm-hmm. um or my classes are done. So, but I try to like stack my meetings on Tuesdays. So I'll be in the office from 9 a.m. until 9.30 p.m. So it's not really quite a very celebratory day, but maybe I'll sneak. Maybe I'll get myself like a lunch that I like, sushi, something like that. That could be a good little birthday motivator. But my parents came to visit this past weekend. They were here um, and we went out to dinner and my brother came too. So we were able to hang out. That was nice. And then this upcoming weekend, Brendan's taking me. Uh, to dinner at a mystery location I don't know where But Ooh. I'm sure it'll be good Yeah I lo- I'm i like I really enjoy suspense So for like birthdays or whatever Like <laughs> he'll be like Where do you want to go And I'm like I don't know You have to pick And then like the other day He's like do you want to know Where we're going for your birthday Or do you not want me to tell you And I was like I don't want to know Until the day <laughs> that we're going Like I'm like really weird like that So anyway
0: Oh no I love it too I love birthday surprises so yeah. much my whole family is about that always and it's like D- Danny actually always kind of makes fun of it because he's like you guys make everything a surprise it doesn't need to be a surprise and I was like no <laughs> but it's fun he's like "The surprise well is I think that, that you're when gonna you make see things them. a surprise
1: it's good like it makes your life more exciting
0: yeah I think it's fun I totally agree but I mean like I will admit that the surprises are like not always like big things right it's like the surprise is that we're going to dinner or that like you know, and what the dinner place is, kind of like yours. So they're not necessarily like huge surprises, but um they're surprises enough that it's fun. It just makes yeah. it a little fun. I totally, totally agree. We're the same in that. I'm also February birthday, so it's just a February. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> It's just the way us Aquariuses are. I'm actually a Pisces. I'm Wait, what? Yeah. That's the Cusp? Yeah, I'm the Cusp is like the twentieth or something like that. Oh my! God. I don't know. I'm the 23rd, so I am. I am in the Pisces zone. This changes we're both everything. water signs, though, right? Because it means so much, right?
1: It means so much. On our research-based podcast, we're going to talk about how Patricia and Katina suddenly realized they were less similar than they thought, based on the fact that Patricia was past the Aquarius cusp.
0: Oh no! But, but I don't know. Um, we also—I mean—they're both water signs, right? So that's a yeah. Thing. So of we course both like water, I guess. Regardless, yes. February is a great month to have a birthday. Totally yeah. a good month for birthdays. Because
1: there's like nothing else going on. Like, I mean, Valentine's Day is going on, but like, I'm not a huge Valentine's Dayer. I like to like, just, you know, have like a nice day out or something like that. But I'm not a big like, celebratory Valentine's Day person. So I feel like in February, it's kind of slim pickings. Like, it's kind of like the worst weather month almost everywhere. <laughs> so I feel like... You know, it's kind of a bum month and then you have your birthday to look forward to. It makes it so nice.
0: Agreed. And I also like that it's the short month. I don't know why it's like a stupid thing to like, but it makes it like a unique month.
1: So also it's the only month that can can just like randomly
0: have an extra day for no reason. Exactly, so it's like this weird month that like nobody else gets a month like ours. Nobody else yeah. has twenty-eight or twenty-nine days. Everyone else has thirty or thirty-one. So lame, like they're oh all God. so similar, and we have the short days. We're just like We're so special right it's now. It's even it's that much harder to be a February birthday because there's fewer days for you to actually be born.
1: Yeah, like you're more rare, just statistically more <laughs> rare basically we're the unicorns of birthdays and (laughs)
0: definitely
1: (laughs) and that makes us magical even though we are different signs and I never realized that well it's okay
0: (laughs) it's okay we both have the same birthstone right yeah amethyst yeah amethyst is also the best
1: birthstone in it is in my opinion and it's I totally agree. Clearly because I've been socialized to like amethyst, but I do purple's a great color.
0: <laughs> yes. No, I I know, we've definitely been socialized into it, but I still love it. So it's Me okay. Me too. <laughs> that's what that um you know how I have that crystal water bottle that
1: Brendan hates? That's like mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? It's that yeah, I forget the one that has what, a crystal on the
0: inside of it, yeah, like sticking up from the
1: bottom. Yeah, he calls it the bacteria bottle because he says that all that that crystal does <laughs> is find more places for bacteria to grow, which he's probably a hundred percent accurate about that. But I love my crystal bottle because it's an amethyst, and I just think it's so beautiful, and I feel like it makes my water drinking so much more enjoyable when I feel like I'm like a nice birthday unicorn having a drink from like a beautiful amethyst
0: fountain. <laughs> <laughs> i love that i love it (laughs) i actually have a lot of like um i feel like all my jewelry has always been amethyst you know like when i was a kid my grandparents would get me amethyst uh rings and earrings and whatever and and danny got me a bunch of them too because i told him i loved it so i feel like i just have a lot of it because of my birthstone and i know that some people um kind of have like crappy birthstones and they are sad about them because they don't like them and we are super lucky because we have the short month that's super special with the cool know. birthstone. I mean, sorry, everyone that's not born in February. You There's no one better than as us. Awesome it's as just us. the way it is. <laughs> we are just the best. All right. I think we got super derailed on February. Yes, but- <laughs> we did. That was a derailment. It's all good. Um, it's fabulous. Yes. Um, I mean, I think that it's an intrinsically motivating task to discuss our favorite month. That's true. Um, we're very right. excited about it. So let's hear about when during the day we should be doing that for our well-being. Or I guess start with what the article is actually called (laughs) and
1: then we can dive into it. So the article is called The Effects of Intrinsic and Extrinsic Sources of Motivation on Well-Being Depend on Time of Day, The Moderating Effects of Workday Accumulation. And it's by Alison Benedetti, Jim Diefendorf, Allison Gabriel, and Megan Chandler. And um, it was published in the Journal of Vocational Behavior in 2015. And um, so basically, as I mentioned before, this article kind of gives you some directions about when you should complete what work tasks throughout the course of your day based on whether or not you find them intrinsically enjoyable or you're only just doing them because you feel like you have to do them or someone is expecting you to do them, but not because you actually like doing them. Um, So that is what the article is looking at and the outcomes that it's looking at is the extent to which um doing those tasks at the right time versus at a time that would be less advantageous impacts your satisfaction with your job and your psychological vitality which is basically uh, feelings of feeling alive and alert and awake and in the present moment at work
0: that's awesome i'm really excited to hear what the results are because like i said i think it's just very tangible um, I have some theories about what the results are going to be based on what you're saying. Uh, but I'm not going to just like make things up. I'm like curious to find out what they actually found out. So yeah, if you don't mind, I just want to dive right in and know when I should be doing things. Yeah. Tell me what to do, Katina. Tell me I what will to tell do you when what to do. do it.
1: Um, so basically what this article argues is that, um, you should do tasks Well, first of all, intrinsic tasks, ones that you like doing, um, are better for you overall in terms of your well-being. So if you could have your whole day doing intrinsic tasks, your job satisfaction will be higher and your vitality will be higher. So, for anybody out there who thinks, "Oh, it's good to motivate people with like money or fear or making them feel obligated to do something." That's a much worse motivator from a well-being perspective than and we know well-being is also related to performance and there are other studies that show the links between intrinsic motivation and extrinsic motivation and performance. But um this particular study is focused on well-being and basically if you're going to do a task an intrinsic task is always going to be more beneficial to you than an extrinsically motivating task. So that's just a baseline. Fill your day if you can with more intrinsically motivating tasks or try to remind yourself of why you like doing a task or what the outcome of the task is that is motivating to you. So it's maybe not like, oh, I have to do this paperwork. But I have to do this paperwork because if I don't do this paperwork, then a customer that uh, needs a service that I care about them getting and I feel connected to them getting won't get the best care that they deserve. So the paperwork isn't necessarily the task, but it's I'm doing that because it's part of something larger that I care about. So at a baseline and in this article, they did show that intrinsic tasks are better for well-being than extrinsic tasks on the whole. So that's one takeaway.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, Um, That makes total sense to me. I'm just thinking about, you know, my day-to-day jobs like – You know, when I talk directly to a client, for example, I really like doing that and I feel like just happier when I'm doing those types of interactions. Right. Versus some of the, to your point that the paperwork kind of thing, um, where maybe it's just can be tedious to just do those things over and over and over again. And I know that they're important for the job and you have to get them done. Um, But when you do one of those intrinsic tasks and that you really like doing, you kind of get amped up and get excited and you like are more likely to just, you know, feel motivated to keep going in the day, right? So I think it is very clear just from my personal experience and I think from probably everybody's, if they think about it, that those tasks that you really love doing, you just feel better after doing them and you just are more excited and you're just happier than if you have to sit down and do something that you don't like or bored with
1: all day. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, that is – it makes such logical sense, but then you still hear so many people – In you know business or managers or whatever that think like the only way to get people excited about doing something is to pay them like you have to keep upping the ante in terms of their salary you have to keep upping the ante in terms of what kinds of you know uh, monetary bonus spot bonus or whatever the case may be right that you have to keep upping the ante in terms of what kind of financial reward you're giving people and um, the research just shows that that's not true so I always like to highlight that as a baseline because I think you know in working with companies I'm sure you've seen it a bunch too that. You know, it just seems like people have this focus on, well, if you want someone to do that, do something, you have to pay them to do it. And if you can change someone's mindset around it or show people the intrinsically motivating parts or, you know, let them spend more time in their job on things that are more intrinsically motivating, um, give them some autonomy to pick like how and when they do their job um, in, in a manner that's actually motivating to them, then you can actually counteract some of that like constant back and forth about, well, if you want me to do this, you're going to have to give me more money and that you know, never ends.
0: Yeah. I think when you kind of go back to, you had the episode about callings, you know, finding jobs that you really feel called to do and feel like you have a purpose like doing, then those jobs, you're more likely to be happy in some of those tasks because you feel like you have this purpose with it. And I think kind of the same thing goes with this area around intrinsic motivation as well. Because if you find people that are really good fits to a job, that these are people that are, motivated to do the job they're excited about the job they fit well to that role um it's it's something that they want to be in they're more likely to be happy in what they're doing and don't need the constant financial benefit i think obviously everybody wants to be paid more right that's a given but as long as you're being compensated fairly and you get you know promotions and raises as needed I don't think like a spot bonus, like here's $250 because you did X thing really helps somebody be happier on the job or perform better um, if they're not motivated to kind of be there anyway. So I think finding jobs that are the best fit for you and then employers also doing the same thing, finding people that are a really good fit to a role um, and to the company helps more than these little financial I don't know, pockets of money that they pass around and bonuses, et cetera. Um, Because because it just doesn't matter as much if you're not happy with what you're doing. You're still not going to perform at your best level.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I hear people all the time talking about, okay, well, I'm a manager and I've got this pot of money that I have to distribute across my uh, you know, employees with regard to bonuses. And it's not that big of a pot of money. So the top performer's bonus isn't actually that much more than the bottom performer's bonus. And if I don't give the bottom performer any bonus, they're going to be mad and just concentrate all the money up at the top. So people generally like tend to spread it out. And then the difference between the top performer and the lowest performer at the end of the year might up might end up being you know a few thousand dollars or something and then the top performers are like oh really like that's all my you know extra performance is worth to you is a few thousand dollars like why did I go to all this trouble to be a top performer compared to a bottom performer and the idea is that and over time you can see their performance start to cut back or they might want to leave or whatever and that's just because people are focusing so much on the only way to reward performance is with money and if people could sort of turn it around and say well i'm contributing more to the organization i'm learning i'm growing i'm gaining valuable skills i'm going to be better off i'm promotable i'm you know think about what being a top performer means outside of just monetary gain in the moment from that perspective people get a lot more out of their position and they are more satisfied more happy because they're able to actually look at like what they're getting out of it. it's not just like oh I'm only a top performer to get money like you're also a top mm-hmm. performer for other satisfying reasons that people don't tend to focus on as much so exactly yeah I think it's good to to flip that focus around um so yeah so generally intrinsic motivation better but if you you know there are always going to be tasks on every job that are going to be tasks that you find less intrinsically motivating and some that you're going to find more intrinsically motivating. So this study shows that how you structure your schedule can actually help. So intrinsic motivating tasks, while they decrease in their impact on job satisfaction throughout the day, um, they don't ever have a bad impact on job satisfaction or vitality throughout the day. Um, So intrinsic uh intrinsically motivating tasks throughout the day become less impactful, but they're always a positive um, predictor of job satisfaction. And vitality, actually, they don't change their uh, impact on vitality over the course of the day. So they're pretty strongly positive in the beginning of the day and at the end of the day. So basically, no matter when you do an intrinsic task, like I just said, um, it will be uh, having a positive impact on your well-being. Extrinsic tasks are a different story. So if Hmm. you have a task that's extrinsically motivating, um, it's better to get that task done at the beginning of the day when you have more mental energy, basically, to spend on tasks that might not be as uh, inherently interesting to you. Um, So if you put those tasks, front load those tasks at the end of the day, um, then you're actually allowing those tasks to continue to have a positive impact on your well-being. But throughout the course of the day, those tasks become um, less helpful for your well-being. And in fact, they start to have a negative impact on your job satisfaction and vitality. So um, at the end of the day, you know, you're, you're kind of spent up. You don't have as much energy to put towards work tasks. So the more you're doing tasks that just feel boring to you or wrote or you don't really know why you're doing except for that you're getting paid you're starting to get less satisfied with your job and feeling less alert and alive um, in the present moment than you would otherwise so basically anything that you don't really like doing you should get it done at the beginning of the day and I think that's really important because most people would be more likely to push off the things that they don't really find interesting and do the things that they find interesting in the beginning of the day but you should actually structure it opposite do the things that you find less Less interesting in the morning and then backload the things that you find more interesting.
0: I'm not surprised by that, to be honest. That's kind of what I was thinking when you were talking about this study to begin with. I was like, I bet you it's better to do those extrinsically motivating tasks first. Um, I don't do that, so I can't say I'm good <laughs> at that. But I thought as I was thinking through it, I was like, I bet you that's going to happen. I'm so excited that I was right. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yay. (laughs) Yay yay for being right. But I mean, that makes sense from like a resources perspective. So we've talked about resources a lot um, on the podcast and on our website. And in the beginning of the day, given that you've had a decent amount of sleep, you've disconnected at night and all those different things we talk about, you have more to put in. You have more energy. You have more resources to personal resources to leverage right so it makes sense that if you do them early on they're going to have less of a negative impact because you're you're working with a lot more if you wait until the end of the day when you're starting to drain and your resources are depleting um, they're going to be harder and they're going to impact you a lot more because kind of what I was talking about earlier like when I talk to clients and being on the phone with clients I really enjoy that if I do that at the end of the day, it kind of like you end on a high, right? If I do one of the tasks that I don't enjoy at the end of the day, then you're just kind of ending the day in like a low note and you're already drained. And then you just are like, "Ugh, this is boring. It takes me more time to get through it. Um, than if I had just done it in the morning, I can probably crank through it a lot faster and move on with my day and then get onto things that I enjoy more. Um, so it totally makes a lot of sense. I just know that I'm bad at it. and I'm sure plenty of people are bad at it because like you said, it's so easy to put off the things you don't enjoy doing and wait till later. But I guess the research says we need to flip that around.
1: Yeah. And I think that one of the things that they highlight is like in the morning, you may feel like, oh, the more effort that I'm putting forth to get this task done, like you see it when you have more energy as like a challenge or I can show that I can do it. Um, so you kind of like value a little bit the benefit of like, oh, I got done something hard or I got done something that um, I don't like doing and now it's done, right? So you get like a little bit of like a boost of energy mm-hmm. from that. But at the end of the day or the later in the day it gets, you don't have that same kind of focus or cognitive resources to focus on that. So instead of focusing on like, oh, I got something done that was difficult or I'm glad that... Um, you know, I felt a little challenged and that's over and now I can move on to things that I like doing almost as like a little reward. Um, You are unable to absorb kind of the negative effects. And so you kind of just focus more on the fact that it stinks. Like you can think about it like a workout. Like if you do like an hour long workout and you start with, you know, push-ups and burpees and mountain climbers or something but then they're done and you might feel like oh good like motivated like I got the hard stuff done now the rest of this is going to be you know a piece of cake now that I got that done whereas if you're doing a whole workout by the end of the workout you're kind of tired and somebody's like okay now at the end of this workout you've got to do a bunch of burpees you're like well hold on like this is the end I don't want to like I'm now I'm tired I don't want to do this (laughs) whatever so I think um it's sort of a similar kind of metaphor with your brain like you focus more on the the negative aspects of the job, the neg- negative aspects of the task when you're already depleted versus um, maybe welcoming the challenge earlier in the day.
0: I really love um, that example that you gave because no one likes a burpee.
1: No. And...
0: When you do it at the beginning, though, you're totally right. You do the beginning of the workout, and you're like, yeah, I'm a champion. I can do this. I can crush anything. You do it at the end, and you're like, why did I do this to myself? What am I doing? (laughs) (laughs) So I totally, totally think that's so related to this, and it's a really good example, a very um, salient example of what that could look like. Uh, I was just even thinking about there's one day recently, so I will often block my calendar with those – Awful tasks that I don't enjoy. <laughs> Sounds mm-hmm. stupid. I love my job, but there's always those, those tasks, those like paperwork type tasks that you just don't want to do. Um, and my team, I think agrees on what those are <laughs> and we are kind of all on the same page there, which is kind of funny, but it's just part of the job. Um, so I love my job, but I will block time my calendar for those tasks. Otherwise I will avoid them, um, put them off longer than I should, So, I have to make sure that I like have reminders to say, like, do this, do this, do this. But one day I actually had a lot of meetings in the afternoon and I had blocked some time in the morning to get some of my less enjoyable tasks out of the way. And surprisingly, I kind of feel like I felt that way that we just described after those burpees, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I felt, oh, good, they're done. Like, I'm done with that. Like, I. Like, why would I put that off? I accomplished it. It's not that bad. And then I moved on and I've definitely felt the opposite when I've done those uh, different times. And I just don't think I really thought about it with the time before, but yeah. I can think about times that I've done, um, those, those kind of menial tasks before. And I've walked away and I've been like, it wasn't so bad. I'm that's good. I can move on with my life. And then I can think about other times where I, after I'm done with them, I'm like, Ugh, I don't want to do anything else. I'm so over it. Um, I bet you, if I look back and kind of look at my the times that I felt the positive versus the negative, I bet you it will align with the study because it totally makes sense um, yeah. that it does depend on where you are mentally as to how you come out of that task.
1: Yeah, I think that's right, and um, you know, I think that the earlier you do something that's difficult, like you said, you find it like you did it, but towards the end. Um, when you're doing it, you're thinking like, well, A, this isn't fun. This is less fun than I even thought it was going to be because I already think it's difficult enough that I'm going to push it off in the morning. And then at the end of the day, I'm more cognitively depleted. So it's even harder than it would be. And I also like don't have enough resources to really think about this as an exciting challenge. So I'm more just thinking about like, oh, like this job doesn't let me do things I like to do, you know, so you start Mm -hmm. to focus more on the like, I'm being dictated to about what I have to do. I don't like this part of my job. This isn't something I enjoy doing. So you start to get more wrapped up in that internal narrative. So the idea is Mm -hmm. instead of pushing off the stuff that you don't want to do till the afternoon, you should get it done um, early on. And then even though the intrinsic stuff gets less impactful from a job satisfaction over the course of the day in a positive direction, it will continue to have a positive impact. So um, if you have both intrinsic and extrinsic tasks to do it's better to front load the extrinsic stuff and backload the intrinsic stuff so um, and if you're a manager certainly thinking about that with your team members if you're noticing that people are feeling dissatisfied or complaining a lot late in the day or you hear people kind of you know hovering around each other's offices, kind of procrastinating, pushing things off or, um, you know, talking negatively about their jobs or what they have to get done. Think about how people are structuring their tasks and try to encourage people to, um, you know, get things done, see it as a challenge. Like, what's the challenging thing that you're going to get done this morning? Um, what's the thing that you, you know, are dreading doing today? Let's all get it done right away. And then we can focus on things that we enjoy more things of that nature. So maybe even just role modeling that behavior could be helpful.
0: Yeah, I really like that. Um, it actually makes me think that I am going to go to my team. We have our weekly team meeting, uh, or I guess it's bi-weekly, every other week on Fridays. Um, and I have one this week, and I'm almost like, okay, I know this one task that all of us hate. Like, we literally talk about it in our week, our bi-weekly meetings um, every once in a while, and we're just like, oh, we know it's important. It's really, really important for our job. So you can't get rid of it, but no one enjoys it. So I kind of feel like going there and telling everyone, all right, when you have to do this, let's focus on trying to do it first thing in the morning because i think everyone would be a lot happier i think there's also a component of like when you go home too you know i mean i work from home but generally when your day your work day ends and if you're doing something you hate closer to the end of your work day you're just thinking about the end of your work day yeah like what when does it end is it almost here are we, able, are we there yet are we there yet are we there yet and if you're constantly thinking about that then i can see how that would impact your job satisfaction
1: i agree i think it's really interesting that you brought that up because um This study actually used a really cool method. So um, the way that they got the data was that they sampled 98 um, office staff employees and they actually had them fill out um, five surveys a day at intermittent times throughout the day for 10 consecutive days. And they basically asked them, like, what's the task that you're doing right now um, how intrinsically or extrinsically motivating do you find it? And then what's your level of job satisfaction? What's your psychological vitality? And then they timestamped when people answered the survey to use the time of day as, uh, as a moderator of that relationship or something that variable that changes that relationship. And so they found what we've been talking about, but it's kind of cool because they looked at actually like following people over the course of a day to be able to say, yeah, towards the end of the day, people are less satisfied and feeling less good when they're doing tasks that they say they're doing it basically because someone else wants them to do it or uh, because the situation requires me to do it, more or less. Um, but when they said this task is enjoyable or I find this task interesting,
0: their job satisfaction and their vitality was up. That makes sense. It makes a lot of sense to me. Um, well, that's. I think everything you've said makes a lot of sense. I really think... The manager idea is a great one. So if you're, and even if you're a team member, you don't have to necessarily manage people, but if you see your coworkers are struggling at the end of the day, that they're feel like, you can tell that they just can't focus on the task and they are putting things off that, you know, they don't enjoy. I think this is a great tip for them. You know, you obviously implement it for yourself, but modeling that for your teammates or your employees, if you're a leader um, could be really helpful. And taking notice. If you notice there's some people that just really struggle those last, you know, couple hours of the day and are just constantly trying to, you know, hurry it up to get done, maybe they should re-shift their day around if possible. Of course, you know, this is assuming you have the flexibility to do that and hopefully you do And, and I think in a lot of jobs there is some flexibility and of course in others there isn't. But if you have that flexibility, You might as well shift your day around to make it as impactful on your job satisfaction so that you're feeling good about your job and your vitality. So your well-being is impacted in a positive way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And one other thing that the article mentioned, although they don't have data on it, which you could implement as an individual employee um, if you had the kind of schedule that would allow you to do it or you had some flexibility over your schedule or as a manager, um, you can always encourage your team to change their schedule to uh, to work with this. But one of the things that they suggest um, might be a good practice although again they don't have data on it but they you know suggest based on prior research is taking uh breaks within the day so we know we've talked before about the impact of taking breaks from other research and it's in our reset um but basically the article says that if you take these within day breaks to help sort of invigorate people and they talk about specifically breaks that have to do with detaching from work so something relaxing or meditative or something social having an interpersonal interaction that's not work related just more like relationship building related Um, not like a resource consuming task like taking a break from your work to pay bills online or run errands or whatever the case may be but things that are actually replenishing in terms of resources that if you do that you may be able to stave off the effects of how long extrinsic tasks actually have this negative impact and they might have a more positive impact for longer in the day if you continue to replenish yourself. So if you're in a job where you feel like I'm in this job, I have a lot of stuff that I have to do on the job that I don't really find intrinsically motivating and I don't have the mobility financially or, um, you know, whatever the constraints are on finding a different job role, because there are a lot of constraints on finding different job roles, location, things like that. If you have to stay in a job that you don't find intrinsically motivating, um, at least you can try to build in some of these breaks into your day to keep the extrinsically motivating tasks from having a negative impact as the day goes on and of course if you're a manager again you can help to structure people's day so that you allow them to take these breaks so that they can come back more refreshed and the tasks aren't more irritating to them than uh, than not
0: yeah I really think the breaks is a is a big deal because as we were talking about earlier resources seem to be a big component of why those extrinsically motivating tasks are worse at the end of the day. It's because you just don't have the resources to look at them in a positive way. You're stre- you're tired, you're stressed out, whatever it might be. So taking those breaks makes a lot of sense. And we have another episode on breaks. We've got plenty of things written about breaks. As, as you mentioned, we have something about breaks in our five-day reset um, and I think there's some really good research to help figure out when you should take those breaks. Cause we talked about that before, you know, the morning and afternoon ones and what those should look like. So I think kind of combining those breaks and structuring your tasks if possible is a really good way to build, um, build a day that can be as satisfying and as healthy for your well-being as as you possibly can. And I think that that, this research is really interesting and exciting that you have potentially can have some control over those things um, if you're able to shift your tasks around.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, so I think try to get the stuff done that you don't find as interesting in the morning. Do the things you find interesting in the afternoon. And if you can't switch your day around to be that way or there are just too many tasks that you don't find interesting and There's not an opportunity for you to find it a more intrinsically motivating job role. Um, Try to see if you can take some breaks. And of course, if you're a manager, facilitate that for other people. And um, that's sort of what we've got for this article. I think that um, it's very practically focused, not too complicated, but certainly something I think that's useful.
0: I love it. And I'm so glad that you brought this article to my attention. I hope the listeners feel the same way because I feel like I... I'm now motivated to structure my day differently and I'm really excited to try it. Woohoo!
1: Yeah, me too. I'm gonna get the tough writing done first and I'll report back (laughs) and see how that works for me in my next week of writing schedule. Perfect.
0: Well, we'll see how it goes. Um, well, thank you again, Katina. Awesome. Um, we'd love to hear from you. If you're able to shift your day around, we'd love to hear how it went for you, what your experience was, um, or really anything at all. Please reach out to us. You can find us on our website, which is workerbeing.com. You can email us at workerbeing at gmail.com. And you can find us on social media, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook at Worker Being. Thanks for listening. Bye. The Worker Being podcast is hosted by us, Patricia Grabar and Katina Sawyer and produced by Allie Johnson.